It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A star with the help of Cali Vegas. 949-445-1119. Call now. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. This is an NBC News Radio special report, the coronavirus. President Trump suggests North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper let him know within a week if the Republican National Convention can go on as planned in Charlotte this summer. We need a fast decision from the governor. He's going to have to... Because yeah, he's, he's been acting very, very slowly and very suspiciously, but we'll find out. Speaking on the White House Rose Garden, Trump said we don't have much time, and North Carolina has a governor that doesn't want to open up the state. Joe Biden is lobbing some sharp criticisms at Donald Trump ahead of their November race for the presidency. The former vice president accused the president of stoking coronavirus deaths and not setting a good example by not wearing a mask in public. The NHL is planning to resume its season, but is not putting any firm dates on when games will begin. Commissioner Gary Bettman said he expects the season will go into the fall, well past when it usually wraps up. This has been an NBC News Radio special report. I'm Brian Shook. This message is from DNA Financial Group, a taxpayer advocacy group who can represent you before the IRS and help you resolve your IRS problems. On March 21, 2020, the IRS extended the tax day deadline from April 15th to July 15, 2020. This deferment of filing and paying applies to all taxpayers, including individuals, trusts, and estates, corporations, and other non-corporate tax filers, as well as those who pay self-employment tax. On March 25, 2020, the IRS launched its People First Initiative to provide financial relief for certain taxpayers. This initiative provides a blanket hold of enforced collections, including liens and levies, until July 15, 2020, for nearly all taxpayers, businesses, and individuals alike. This initiative also stops all installment agreement and offering compromise payments until July 15, 2020. Individuals and businesses in direct debit installment agreements are encouraged to contact their banks for stop payments. If you have submitted an offering compromise, the IRS is providing an automatic extension of time for approvals until July 15, 2020. This message is from DNA Financial Group. DNA Financial Group helps businesses and individuals resolve IRS problems. DNA provides an alternative to the impersonal approach of other IRS resolution firms. DNA will address your IRS problems with personal attention and creative strategies that will resolve your IRS issues. 
Call DNA Financial Group at 866-201-0156. DNA has a simple motto. Your success is our success. Visit the DNA website at www.dnafingroup.com or call DNA at 866-201-0156. Get ready for a brand new show on KCAA Zero Point Health with Taylor Fakus and the incredible ZPA crew. They're fit, strong, experienced, passionate, and the team is ready to help you achieve greater fitness in mind, body, and spirit. Taylor and the ZPA crew operate Zero Point Athletics Holistic Center in Calamesa every day, where you'll find them on Instagram at Zero Point Athletics. And you can catch them right here on Thursdays at 3 p.m. on KCAA 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and Talk 102.3 FM. Join me, Dynamite Nick, for a weekly one-hour celebration of one of the greatest American art forms, the blues. It's at the Blues Bar. Every week, we'll explore every shade of the blues, from pre-war country blues and classic blues women to Chicago, jump blues, and beyond. From the 1920s all the way to today. So come on in to the Blues Bar with me, Dynamite Nick, every Saturday night at 8 on KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106. This is Gary Garver. In these trying times, many people are depressed and lost because the future of our society is up in the air. People turn to drastic measures, including the abuse of drugs and alcohol. If you're going through these troubling times and turning to substance abuse because you're feeling there is no hope, we have a way for you to see the light. SAD, or Stop Abusing Drugs and Alcohol, is a nonprofit organization that will help you at no cost to you, stop abusing drugs or alcohol. Founded by Tony Navarchi, SAD will refer you to the top detox doctors in your area. If you're having financial hardships, SAD will pay every and any cost for you, including doctor visits, counseling, and medications. Save your life and contact Tony. You can reach out to him by calling him personally at 310-999-1887 or visit the website saddetox.com. That's SAD. D-E-T-O-X dot com. Talk 102.3 FM Riverside. KCAA NBC Radio News dot com. Welcome to Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. Here's to Your Health discusses the current thinking and wellness, bringing you the most influential thinkers in beauty, fitness, and longevity. Your host, Joshua Lane, was part of the Dr. Ann Wigmore team that helped bring wheatgrass, sprouts, and raw foods to a worldwide audience. And now the host of Here's to Your Health, Joshua Lane. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane, and my guest is Del Bigtree. Uh, Del Bigtree is the producer of the film called Vaxxed, from cover up to catastrophe, talking about problems associated with the use of vaccination. And Del Bigtree, I'm happy to say, has been a guest of the show uh, several times. This is his third appearance because the subject is important, and Del is one of the uh, spokespersons who has a great reputation talking about this very important issue, which unfortunately is not addressed carefully on some of the mainstream media sites. Del Bigtree, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you, Josh. It's great to be here. 
Now, Dell, as far as your background, uh, you were involved with media. Can you please tell the listening audience uh, some of your credentials before you got involved with the vaccination uh, uh, ideas? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I was a television producer. I was a producer on the Dr. Phil show. That's where my career really started. Uh, I spent, um, you know, I think two or three years on staff there. I spent a couple of years freelancing before that. Then uh, Dr. Phil created a show called The Doctors for CBS, the first ever medical talk show. Uh, I worked with the brand new executive producer to help put that first show together. Uh, it took off. It was a hit. I ended up uh, being a producer on that show for six years. I won an Emmy Award uh, on The Doctors and really was an incredible experience celebrating the best that medicine has to offer scientists, doctors. It was this incredible show where we would, you know, have people writing in that had ailments or issues that nobody could figure out. And then we would search, you know, as a producer, I would search the world for someone that, you know, knew how to handle it or had a new approach, and we'd bring them together. So we actually got to heal people or, or provide surgeries they couldn't afford as, as a way of making television. So an incredible experience. And it really made me, um, uh, you know, a fan of science, of medicine. So that's my background. And then what really shifted for me was when I came upon the story of Dr. William Thompson in 2015, I was tipped off by an inside source that was a whistleblower inside the CDC that had come, was going to come forward and say that they were committing scientific fraud on the vaccine safety studies, and specifically the MMR autism study uh, the Frank DeStefano study that took place between 2000 and 2004 at the CDC. Uh, I pitched that to my show. They weren't going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. There was no way I was going to be allowed to do a show that admonished or put any sort of um, bad uh, press against the CDC. Also, we were sponsored by pharmaceutical companies because we're a medical talk show. So all of that uh, just made it so that I couldn't touch it. But I thought, well, you know, at least this will be a huge story and maybe I can cover it once everyone else in the world does. Sure enough, Dr. William Thompson was online two weeks later saying things like, I can't believe we did what we did. Every time I see an autistic child, I feel guilty. Uh, this was one of our, I mean, is still, by the way, one of our premier epidemiologists at the CDC. He's now protected by whistleblower status. And that was the heart of Vax. Vax is about uh, this confession by one of America's top scientists and how they committed scientific fraud to hide the evidence that the MMR uh, in a study of 3,500 measles mumps vaccine uh, looked like it was causally related to the increase in autism. So that's what started me on this journey. I couldn't do it on the television show. I ended up getting involved with making a documentary about that issue, uh, not because it just looked interesting. Dr. William Thompson provided 10,000 documents to back up his claims. He, he uh, explained how they dragged garbage cans into the middle of the room after three years of trying to manipulate the study to get rid of this autism effect when they couldn't. They basically just said, everybody destroy your data. These are statements made by Dr. William Thompson, not only to, to the people I work with, but also Congressman Bill Posey, who's brought this before the Congress. And our government didn't want to do anything with it, really. And so, uh, but that's how I got into this and really... When VAX came out, uh, it, it was an overnight sensation, mostly because it was attacked um, so profoundly. We, we were accepted by uh, Tribeca Film Festival. 
we were supposed to release at the Tribesca Film Festival in early April 2016. Instead, the pharmaceutical entity that sponsors them, uh, the Sloan Foundation from Sloan Kettering, uh, came out against the film, made it so that they had to pull the film, and then overnight, uh, the fact that Tribeca was censoring a film for the first time in history uh, refused to allow us to discuss whatever issues they had, whatever scientific problems they may have. We couldn't even show our evidence. Uh, that made us mainstream news overnight all around the world. Uh, we became the most censored film in the world, and that just made people want to see it. And I'll just very quickly then, as we traveled the country from theater to theater, you know, working through bomb threats and all of the things that were going on. Some theaters would close it down, others would stay up. Um, more and more people were coming forward by the thousands uh, to get on the bus. We had a bus that sat back from the side of it with the signatures of their injured children or their children who had passed away or their own injuries became a driving memorial. And we collected over a thousand interviews of parents telling their personal stories. But all along the way, you know, I kept being asked, is it just the MMR vaccine, Bill? Because that's what's discussed in your film. Are the other vaccines safe? I didn't have an answer to that. And so at the end of 2016, I started my nonprofit, the Informed Consent Action Network. Uh, I brought in a team of researchers, um, other media people. We also brought on a powerful legal team. And we began investigating every single study that's ever been done with vaccines that was, was said to have referenced safety. We've been looking at one word. You hear safe and effective. We've been looking at the word safe about vaccines for over three and a half years now. Uh, and that makes up the body of the work that we've done. Um, so we have sued and won lawsuits against Health and Human Services, uh, the National Institute of Health, FDA, and the CDC. We continue to uh, press for information now getting even more critical around the coronavirus issue. We will we have lawsuits now in civil courtrooms uh, that are uh, underway. So we are full court press demand better science, more transparency, safer products. We're really just a consumer advocacy group, and so that's that's how I come to this. Uh, our guest is Dell Bigtree, the producer of the film Vaxed, from cover up to catastrophe which uh, questions vaccine safety and effectiveness and specifically has talked about the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella. A vaccine, as I understand it, those three different problems were put together in one vaccine without any testing to show that they were effective together or that they were safe together. Uh, Del Bigtree, I have the question for you. Uh, I was told that in many vaccines there is aluminum, formaldehyde, or mercury. In vaccinations, yeah. and that question yeah. of small amounts of aluminum, mercury, etc., formaldehyde in a vaccine yeah. is certainly seems problematic to be injecting that into a tiny baby. But even to a 175 pound man, it seems like a not a good thing. So, what is the concern about uh, mercury, formaldehyde, and aluminum in vaccines? And it's not discussed. Well, you know, it's interesting because. We will be accused of, of moving the goalposts. Well, first you said it was mercury. Then you said it was aluminum. Now you're saying it's aborted fetal DNA. Um, and the, the point is, is that this is a toxic, disgusting mess, every vaccine. Each vaccine is different than the next. Some of them, you know, or early on, many of them had uh, mercury. Um, 
much of that has been removed. But Mercury is, is, is Bobby Kennedy, who I work with a lot. Uh, I think he says it best. He said, you know, I spent my life as an environmentalist fighting to get Mercury out of the rivers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out of our fish, there was a point in which there was a national emergency that every freshwater fish could not be eaten because it was mercury toxic. Mercury being the second most toxic substance on Earth, I, I think they say the most toxic substance is non-radioactive. Uh, he was trying to deal with the coal-fired uh, plants that were, you know, the mercury was going to the air, it was landing in the water, cement factories and things like that. And he says, all along, while I was winning those lawsuits, nobody said I was anti-fish. But as soon as I tried to get mercury out of vaccines, now I'm anti-vaccine. So it just shows the power of the pharmaceutical industry and how it's trying to stop this information. And Bobby Kennedy puts it best. They, you know, they, they say, you know, you're not arguing with me. You're arguing with the periodic table. You can't take. There is no safe amount of mercury to inject into a tiny, you know, 5-pound baby, 10-pound baby, even 20-pound baby. Um, so that was the original major concern of the, the first wave, I would say, of autism uh, that really accelerated in the, ninth, in the late 1980s when we took away um, the uh, ability to sue vaccine makers with the 1986 Vaccine Injury Act. Um, once we took liability away, the program exploded from 11 vaccines to now our children are getting 72 the 54 vaccines is 72 doses, to be perfectly clear. Some of the vaccines have multiple doses in it. So, um, and, and so people first were really looking at the mercury for that reason. We knew that in fish it was causing, you know, all sorts of cancers, birth defects, and problems in people. So what's it doing if we're injecting it straight into our babies or straight into a mother? And by the way, even though they've removed much of the mercury because of this fear that really took uh, 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 caught fire, let's say, in the early 2000s. They started removing the mercury. It's still there residually. It's used to clean the vaccine. They say it's trace amounts. But people should know it's still fully in the flu shot. And we give flu shots to pregnant women. So can you imagine a pregnant woman with a developing fetus is getting a flu shot recommended by the, this is the recommendation by uh, the FDA, the CDC, so by every doctor is telling a pregnant woman you should get your flu shot to protect your baby, and they could be injecting mercury that goes straight into the fetus. In fact, you know, doctors will joke, if you want to detox the metal out of your body, you should get pregnant. Uh, the, the fetus actually is a filter that takes and draws all of the chemicals and things out of the mother's body. Um, and now when we do studies, we see over 260 different chemicals are found in the umbilical cord of women. So these babies are toxic before they even are born, which is one of the things that my nonprofit is really focused on, all the places that's coming from, whether it's the pesticides on our food, the antibiotics in our food, you know, the steroids and all the chemicals and drugs and vaccines and, you know, you name it. So, you know, mercury is a serious problem. 
and now it's still in the flu shot. We can't get it out, and it's being given to pregnant women. So one of the things my nonprofit's done, that was our lawsuit, right? We asked the FDA to show us when they have posters that recommend that a pregnant woman gets a flu shot or a DTaP vaccine, we asked the FDA to provide us with the trials that involve pregnant women getting flu shots and DTaP to determine the safe because on the package of the vaccine it says never test on pregnant women. In fact, it's an off-label usage to use it on a pregnant woman. So we wanted to see the trials where they tested it to be safe. They refused to answer us, so we took them to court and demanded it. And in court, they admitted we have never had a trial that had a pregnant woman receiving a flu shot or a DTaP vaccine. So they're making a recommendation without any science whatsoever. And up until five years ago, doctors were told don't ever give a vaccine to a pregnant woman. woman. And now we find out they're doing it without science. So that's mercury. Now we're in the aluminum age. Well, as they remove mercury, we started seeing more and more aluminum being used. And again, we have attempted to find, we've demanded from the National Institute of Health, Health and Human Services, where are the trials where you injected aluminum into human beings and showed what the toxic level was or showed that it could be safe? Nowhere in science have they ever done it. There has never been a safety trial that injected aluminum into human beings. There were trials of rats where they fed them amounts of aluminum. And so from an oral study, they determined that essentially 25 micrograms of aluminum would be toxic uh, in a child. Uh, one, they, they received 25 micrograms eating it in one day. Well, now think about eating aluminum versus injecting it, because I'm, I'm getting really tired of people saying, you get more aluminum from your mother's breast milk, partly because she's toxic, and that is in the environment, but you get more aluminum in your food. You get more aluminum in the breast milk. Yes, but you're eating it, which means it's going into an open system that within 24 hours is going to pass all the way through the body. You also have your stomach and your kidney and your liver all in a place to detoxify and remove that chemical or that metal from your body. When you inject it, it goes into a closed system. There's no way for it to get out of your body. So unlike, they, I think they say it's somewhere between... 0.3 and 0.9% um, of the aluminum will actually be absorbed when you eat it, whereas over 90% of it's absorbed when it's injected. So now let's take the 25 micrograms of aluminum that they said is toxic if eaten. If you go over 25 micrograms, which I wouldn't even recommend doing that, but okay, 25 micrograms in a child is toxic. Well, on the first day of life, a hepatitis B vaccine, that, by the way, the safety trial for the hepatitis B vaccine was four days long. Every drug we take is five to ten years in a safety trial. Hepatitis B vaccine given to a day one old baby had a four-day safety trial. But here's the egregious thing. They're not eating 25 micrograms. They're injecting it in a hepatitis B vaccine, whether that baby is 10 pounds, 15 pounds, or is a preemie at 3 pounds. It's going to get the same vaccination. Now think about this. They're not injecting 25 micrograms of aluminum, which you would have to imagine would be far more toxic, 90 times more toxic than had they eaten that aluminum, right? We're injecting it, but it's not 25 micrograms. It's not 50 micrograms. It's not, it's not 70. It's not 100. It's 250 micrograms of aluminum in one shot on the first day of this baby's life on this planet. And we wonder why our children have skyrocketing rates of autoimmune disease, skyrocketing rates of cancer, skyrocketing rates of neurodevelopment disorder. 
we're attacking their brain the second they come on this planet with aluminum. So there it is. Mercury aluminum formaldehyde, I shouldn't even have to explain to anybody. Right. You know, Adele. back any toy from China if it has formaldehyde on it. But damn, we'll, we'll inject it right into you. And that doesn't seem to have any problems at all. Dell, our, our guest has been Dell Bigtree, uh, the producer of the important documentary called Vax from Cover-Up to Catastrophe. We have simply run out of time, but Dell, please give the listeners of Here's to Your Health your contact information so they can find out more about your important work. So, yeah, I do a weekly talk show. We have been the only ones that have been right about coronavirus from the very beginning for the last three months. Three months ago, I predicted the end of the imperial model. I said it was totally off. So you can watch that every Thursday at thehighwire.com or on Facebook and YouTube or anything, just go to The High Wire with Dell Bigtree, and you can watch that show. We have the archive of 163 episodes, all based on science and medicine, run by, I brought over uh, two other CBS producers, so it's being produced by professional television. And then my nonprofit, you can go to ICanDecide.org. You can download the four legal cases that we've won. You can see our letter that we just wrote to Tony Fauci demanding answers on his messed up trial on remdesivir. And then we have white papers that lay out all the issues we have with the vaccine program. And we don't just tell you that at the bottom of every page or hyperlinks to the very peer-reviewed science and where we get our information. I don't say anything I cannot back with peer-reviewed science. Thank you. Our guest has been Dale Bigtree, an important contributor to health in the country and the world. And Dell is the producer of Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back after these important messages. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right, ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane, and my guest is Paul Anderson. Paul Anderson, known now for his work on vitamin C and the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially work coming out of China, uh, how the Chinese are using vitamin C successfully. And Paul Anderson has, you know, uh, decades of work, at least three decades, actually more than three decades, uh, working on uh, non-toxic approaches to wellness, including his work on vitamin C. So it's a great pleasure to have uh, Dr. Paul Anderson as a guest this morning on Here's to Health. Dr. Anderson, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Sure. Now, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, a quite serious problem in the world. 
And I know that you've done much research on many aspects of wellness, but I'd like to focus on what you've discovered that the Chinese are using in vitamins, using vitamin C and other protocols so successfully to work specifically with COVID-19 cases. Yes, uh, I think it's a great place to start because, of course, everybody right now is concerned uh, with both the infection but also the severity in some people uh, of the infection, especially once they get to the hospital. So uh, we'll kind of work outward from the Chinese uh, experience. And so in China, we we were able to get uh, something called the Shanghai Experts Panel uh, uh, outcomes, which were the initial findings of the hospitals that had the most coronavirus cases. And it's, uh, it's a large, large number of medical doctors who published this. And they were trying to not only keep track of what they were doing, but also to let the world know, you know, what worked, what didn't work, etc. Well, in, in and amongst all of that, there was some applications to do research using intravenous vitamin C, which got the attention of the news media in the U.S. and other places in the world. So um, I started to do some investigating because intravenous vitamin C was a big area of research. I was previously involved in with uh, cancer and some some other areas of human health. So I got a hold of the uh, expert panel documents. Um, I was able to get them translated from Mandarin. I don't speak Mandarin, so I had to have them translated. And I looked at, at their whole hospital protocol, but, but mostly at the way they were using vitamin C, because it's a very, very long and involved document, obviously. And what really got my attention were two things. One was uh, some colleagues uh, who later uh, were uh, are part of the group that helped to publish some of this uh, data that we're going to talk about in the U.S., um, had interviewed one of the main physicians in uh, China who was using IV vitamin C, men named Dr. Mao. He had had a, a experience with vitamin C before using it in sepsis and some other very, very deadly diseases. So he was part of their team, very large team in China, and he brought the idea of IV vitamin C into the uh, hospitalized patients. What happened was they were giving early data, and so he reported that they had about 355, I think, or 360 patients in the hospital at one point with uh, COVID-19, what we call COVID-19 now. Um, And they took 50 of them uh, and gave them intravenous vitamin C continuously, which is a little different than we would do it uh, here as an outpatient, for example. makes total sense for hospital. And of the 50 people that they did in this pilot uh, study out of the 350-some, uh, no, none of those 50 people died, and they tended to be in the hospital a shorter amount of time. So that got people's attention, because not, not dying in the hospital with COVID is a big deal, but also shorter time in the hospital. It's better for the patient. It's better for the cost of the stay. It's better for everything. So um, that was enough to get me to look at what their protocols were and then to start to talk about why might this work uh, and how could we do it in North American hospitals. Um, and then uh, we 
<clears throat> took that work, I did a present. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...that's quite long and involved about it for physicians. And uh, it was uh, uh, the hospital protocols and, and information was just recently published here in America or North America. Um, so it, uh, it, there's a lot of reasons it, it, uh, probably is very, very helpful. Uh, and I, I, I usually take questions to see what direction you want me to talk. There's a lot of things we could talk about. Our guest is, uh, Paul Anderson, Paul Anderson working with vitamin C and many nutritional remedies for health and healing and has been doing this, you know, for, for, you know, decades, uh, quite frankly, but let's talk about vitamin C. How can we use vitamin C at home? And I noticed there's ascorbic acid, there's ester vitamin C, there's the new uh, fat-soluble vitamin C, uh, and I guess they're all uh, useful. And uh, how can we just start out, listeners of Here's to Your Health, taking vitamin C just to keep ourselves healthy now and maybe even more than that? Yeah, I think, you know, because most people probably listening do not have a coronavirus infection, but they're interested in staying healthy, I think it's really good to start there with uh, the idea of staying healthy because healthier we are, <clears throat> less medical care we need. So one of the things that's important for people to understand is we are one of few uh, creatures on Earth uh, that don't make our own vitamin C. So most other animals uh, make their own vitamin C, and when they start to get sick or under stress, they will make more vitamin C inside their body. Humans have lost that ability. We can't do it. So the only way we get vitamin C is from the outside, from our diet mostly, and then maybe supplements. The idea behind supplementing certainly is not new. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and people like Linus Pauling made it famous, but it's been around a long, long time. Uh, back to the days of uh, you know scurvy and the British Navy and all of that. Um, but the idea is if we're getting sick, our body's under stress, it uses more vitamin C, and it's water-soluble, so we, we pretty much get rid of today what we take in today. Now, if I'm sick tomorrow and I don't take enough in, uh, I can become sicker because the vitamin C helps the body's immune system to stay active and balanced. So during times of uh, illness or times when everyone else around you might be ill, say cold and flu season is a good example or a time like this, your body may indeed need more vitamin C for many reasons just to keep you healthy. So taking vitamin C on top of what you eat in your, say, vegetables, fruits, uh, you know, sources like that is an insurance uh, that you have enough vitamin C going in for these fighting abilities. And another thing that people, uh, you know, unless they happen to have studied immunology or something that they really don't know, in addition to us not making our own vitamin C, so we have to get it from the outside, vitamin C does a lot of layers of our immune system uh, as far as support. So your first uh, responders, the cells that help you block, you know, bacteria and some viruses, et cetera, just from coming in when, you know, people are sick around you, 
they use a lot of vitamin C for all sorts of uh, really important purposes. Then there's a whole thing uh, behind the first responders where if you are trying to fight something off, the vitamin C is required to keep your immune system so it reacts, but it doesn't <clears throat> over or underreact. Very important there. And then you actually get to specific immune functions where vitamin C uh, may indeed help you with, uh, with antibacterial, antiviral fighting on the specific side of the immune system. So you can imagine if, if you're healthy, everyone around you is healthy, you don't need a whole lot. If it's cold and flu season or there's a pandemic or there's a lot of illness around you, your body can use a lot of vitamin C. So oral vitamin C is very well absorbed. Uh, it's Most people who take vitamins obviously have probably taken it. Uh, it's extremely safe. The one thing people will notice, they, they take too much, they get loose stools, uh, maybe some gas, some digestive things. No danger in that, but it just means you took too much at once. Um, but something that Dr. Uh, a mentor of mine who passed away quite a while ago, he published in 1981, Dr. Robert Cathcart, was the idea that <clears throat> when people were getting sick, he would have them take uh, more vitamin C with each meal, and they would get up to pretty large doses until they got over their illness, and then they would go back down to lower doses. And we've all done that for a long, long time. Uh, so it's a very useful way to do it. If you're at home, you have oral vitamin C. And as you mentioned it, it, just uh, two minutes ago, um, there's certainly the plain ascorbic acid, which is the, the chemical form of the base of vitamin C. Many people, that's fine and tolerated well. Um, there are buffered vitamin Cs, uh, which have some mineral with them. Some people with sensitive stomachs, that's better. Um, and then there are the so-called fat-soluble forms like a, a vitamin C palmitate or a liposomal vitamin C. Some people with real sensitive systems, those work better for them. But the bottom line is it's water-soluble. We don't make it as humans. It's required for immune function. And so during times like this, it's reasonable and very safe to take it as an external supplement, uh, and we do, as I said, because it can give you loose stools and some digestive things. I usually just tell patients, take some, you know, with each meal and maybe at bedtime and increase your dose if you're around a lot of sick people. Right, right. Our guest is uh, Paul Anderson, Dr. Paul Anderson, uh, talking today to us about vitamin C in the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, mentioning some of the work done in China uh, using, uh, I guess, intravenous vitamin C in the hospitals, also the use of oral vitamin C forms we have available to us. Uh, Dr. Anderson, so th should a person start out with, say, uh, 500 milligrams of ascorbic acid or ester vitamin C or liposomal vitamin C with each meal before bed? Is 2,000 milligrams a good place to start? Yeah, I, I think there's there's two good answers to that. One is if you've never taken vitamin C before, that's perfect. Take, say, 500 milligrams with each meal and once at bed. If you've taken vitamin C before, you have a better idea that, oh, I can take, you know, 1,000 with each meal, no problem. Or, you know, everyone has different tolerance. But if you've never taken it, we start people at 500 per meal in bedtime. And if they get no digestive issue, then we have them go to the in a couple days, say, to a 1,000 at each time. Um, people like myself and Dr. Cathcart, who I mentioned, who is a real pioneer in this area, 
uh, you know, kind of concurrently, well, a little bit later than Linus Pauling and some of the others. We've gotten people who are really sick up to many, many, many grams a day, but you don't want to start there. You want to work up. It's, uh, it's better that way. And something, speaking of the Chinese uh, experience, their other thing that they were doing in China was they, they obviously realized that if we keep people out of the hospital, uh, we are going to have less you know, stress on the system, less people dying in the hospital. So they actually started people on uh, plain vitamin C, ascorbic acid powder, uh, as a preventive. And that information hasn't really come out widely, but that, that was a big strategy for prevention that they implemented. Um, and, uh, and their whole goal, and it's stated in their uh, documents, was just to keep as many people away from the hospital as possible, even if they had the uh, virus. So, yes, very, very useful. Um, of course, you know, it, it, it's not that it cures something, but it's something that your body needs doesn't have enough when you're fighting an illness, so you might as well give it to your body to help it out. Our guest is Dr. Paul uh, Anderson, who's been doing some excellent work uh, for generations now uh, on vitamin C, and recently uh, a lot of work being done in China uh, and COVID-19. Dr. Paul Anderson is reporting on this. Dr. Anderson, one thing I noticed in preparation for your interview, I listened to your uh, materials, and it said that they were surprised at how much vitamin C the body can utilize. And some people originally, uh, 20, 30 years ago, I guess Cathcart or even before Cathcart, thought you had to take a small quantity and then it would be uh, somehow, quote, just passed out through the bladder and somehow wasted. But the newer science says that no, higher potencies are indeed useful. Is that correct? Yes, and, I, and that's been uh, the kind of the perpetual problem we've had with vitamin C uh, acceptance in the bigger scientific community. And here's where it comes from, just to boil it down. If you look at normal human physiology, which is the study of healthy humans, the human body may only take two to 500 milligrams of vitamin C out of your diet every day. So what uh, scientists said was, well, if normal humans take two to 500 milligrams, that's the most anyone could ever take. Well, that was an inappropriate conclusion. And what people like, you know, Cathcart and 81 and uh, Frederick Klenner, you know, uh, 40 years before that, and, and uh, Pauling showed was, if you are ill or you have a higher need, say under stress, etc., your body will upregulate the absorption of the vitamin C. And we're just now starting to understand all of the receptors and the digestive processes for that. But we definitely do absorb more as we get sick. So, so yes, you, your standard... Um, the line you would often get from your primary care doctor is, well, anything beyond 500 milligrams, you're not going to use it. Um, and, and that's, if you're totally healthy, may be true. But if you are sick, that's definitely not true. Our guest has been Dr. Paul Anderson. Dr. Anderson, we have about 30 seconds left. Please give the listeners your contact information so they can listen to your websites, you know, and read your books and work more closely with you. Great. Uh, so the easiest way to do that is uh, DRA, like Dr. A, online. So DRA online, either on Facebook or Instagram, it will get you to me. And then from there, you can find all of the other resources. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our guest has been Dr. Paul Anderson. We can contact Dr. Anderson, Dr. A, online. 
Really, the work is really remarkable. I was glad he was available to speak to us today. Again, our guest has been Dr. Paul Anderson. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Have you had your Carlson Norwegian fish oil today? Decades ago, scientists discovered why Greenland Eskimos maintain healthy hearts despite their high-fat diets. The high level of omega-3 oils in their seafood diet protected their hearts. Carlson Norwegian fish oil provides those important omega-3 oils. The same omega-3s from cold water fish support maximum brain power, immune strength, joint comfort, and our vision too. Carlson, the very finest fish oil, is a valuable source of the important omega-3s EPA and DHA. Each teaspoon provides a full 1600 milligrams of omega-3s. And its purity is guaranteed. Try it on salads and popcorn. It tastes like lemon, not fishy. As for Carlson, the very finest fish oil at finer health food stores today. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lay. So in this time of uh, COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, besides the idea that we're worried about, uh, you know, respiratory system and our lungs and and all the health stuff, there's other health stuff, uh, which is the mental health stuff, the idea of being home by yourself or not working or, you know, your restaurant is closed and you can't bring anyone in and uh, the dry cleaners are closed and, uh, you know, the libraries are closed and uh, the hairdressers are closed, everything is closed. And so we have all this stress worldwide, something we've never really seen before, I don't think, not quite this way. And our guest is Dr. Patty Ashley. Dr. Patty Ashley is a PhD, author of a number of important books. I've been in practice for a very long time. And Dr. Ashley will help us with some of the thinking that she has developed as far as dealing with uh, this uh, mental health pandemic. Dr. Ashley, thanks for, your t- thanks for your time. I really appreciate you speaking to the listeners. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Now, Dr. Ashley, can I ask uh, very briefly, so what is your academic background? Well, I have a Ph.D. in psychology, and I also have a master's in early childhood and a bachelor's in special education. So I put all those pieces together um, in my work, which I'm calling Authenticity Architecture, so putting together developmentally how we become a wholehearted human being. Well, that, you know, obviously, you know, we need that. People uh, need, people have an emotional life. We have an interior life. And uh, we recognize that now, pretty much everyone does. I guess when Sigmund Freud talked about it, you know, 150 years ago, it was considered very radical. Uh, But now people think, oh, no, no, we get it. We have an interior life. We're not just, you know, plumbers or electricians. We also have an interior life. So now with everyone in kind of, say, I'll use the word lockdown or kind of, you know, kind of being at home mode. uh, So there might be some really special needs. So what do you suggest we do? Yeah, I think everybody's lives are kind of turned upside down, and it's it's it. What happens in our nervous system when things change drastically like that is we go into almost like a trauma response. So, what we know about PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, and how people have an experience of something that had happened to them in the past, and it feels like it's happening now. So. Our nervous system goes into the reptilian, our reptilian brain thinks there's danger, so our nervous system goes into fight, flight, or or freeze, right? 
And so a lot of us are trying to get a sense of how we can feel safe, emotionally safe. And you're right. You know, we know now we have an interior life. I think it's brand new that we have, you know, longer lifespans and modern conveniences that let us look at our emotional self, whereas, you know, 100 or so years ago it was all survival. So there's this part of ourself that's really brand new in terms of how we explore it, but lots of the new research now on the neurobiology of trauma is telling us that, you know, these body memories are, are what get activated when we're in stress. And so we're all in stress because our lives are different. We can't go do what we're used to doing. We, um, you know, we have a sense, our body, it's kind of like when you get up in the morning and you go to brush your teeth and your body, like, automatically knows what to do. It's not like you go, okay, put the right foot and then the left foot and then walk two steps to the, you know, it's like our bodies kind of have this memory. And so everything in our lives right now has stopped or paused or changed. And, of course, the people that are out there working for us now in the hospitals and the grocery stores and, and places like that are actually faced with extra fear because they're more likely to be exposed to the virus. But we're all in some level of fear, some level of grief, which then creates this nervous system response. So what I'm recommending to my clients, we came up with the acronym of PPEE because everybody's talking about the personal protective equipment right now. So I came up with our personal protective emotional equipment to help people remember how to manage what's happening in the stress response in their body. So the first thing is to practice present moment awareness so body memory doesn't have any time. So we want to come into the present moment. We want to find five things in our life right in this moment that are comfortable, like our, our pet or our rose garden or the birds or the meal that smells nice or something, you know, we want to get into the sensory experience of right now in this moment, everything's okay. <laughs> Come back to present moment. Um, mindfulness, meditation, anything like that is really good to get the body back into present moment because we don't know what's going to happen. That's the thing. You know, we can go into all the what ifs. What if I don't have a job? What if I do get the disease? What if, what if, what if, what if? And that just creates more of that nervous system response. So we want to come back into right now in this moment, everything's okay. Then we want to, the second one is give ourselves permission to play because we as adults tend to not play a whole lot. We are very serious. You know, we have to get things done and be responsible. But what they're finding in the neurobiology of trauma is that when we get into play and humor and laughter, creativity, that it actually calms the nervous system and it actually adds, it rewires the neurons in the brain that says, I'm safe. So whatever you enjoy doing, if it's music, art, dance, walking, dancing, jogging, playing, laughter is is good. And then the next one is excavate emotions. And so, you know, we really, because it's all brand new, and I'm glad you said that at the beginning, this is really new for us, how do we find out what we're really feeling? And I think really just taking a minute to breathe and go, what am I feeling beyond anger? Using a feeling word sheet, which I use with my clients to get to some other feelings of uh, fear, abandonment, um, dismissal, what, you know, there's a whole lot more feelings than what we typically think of. And then the next one is to, the last E is to express emotions. So find a safe way to write it out, draw it out, talk to a, a therapist or a coach or a friend or family member, but just to, because the only way we can get through feelings is to actually go through them, and we've been talked out of our feelings for a long time. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. So we want to really be able to express our emotions and and have a safe place to do that. 
Wow, that so seems that's like... my my model that I'm using with my clients right now that helps them remember to be present, to play, to excavate emotions, and to express their emotions. That seems like very good advice. Our guest is uh, Dr. Patty Ashley. Dr. Ashley is a PhD, uh, talking about the uh, COVID-19 mental health pandemic. Uh, by the way, early in the broadcast, I said Sigmund Freud 150 years ago. That's not an accurate date. It's probably closer to 120 years ago, uh, Sigmund Freud. Uh, and Dr. Ashley, so you got involved with this mental health work as a young uh, woman uh, because uh, you just thought that the mental health approach was important. I mean, what prompted you to to Get, a, get this degree, your advanced degree, uh, and work with people as far as on the, on the emotional level? Well, that's a really good question. My father died of a sudden heart attack when I was 11 years old, and I was raised Catholic, and so the religious belief was, you know, he's in heaven, and you just go on with your life. You don't really talk much about it. And I, you know, was a pretty depressed teen, and and in high school decided that I really wanted to be a, a psychologist because... I just felt like there was something really bad that had happened in my life, and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about my work. I think that we are all learning how to understand and express emotions, but it really is brand new. And, yeah, even though Sigmund Freud was 100 and some years ago, it wasn't until the uh, mid-20th century that we started researching how humans develop and child development and... You know, and now, even more recently, in this century, we have the brain scans and, and a lot of brain research that backs up some of the theorists in the mid-20th um, century. So this is really brand new stuff, which is what makes it so hard, and there's still somewhat of a sick stigma around it. You know, you don't, you don't want to really talk about mental illness because it's kind of scary. It's, it's, it's not as easy to define as our logical uh, brain you know, the things that we do, like, um, you know, building a house or, you know, plumbing, like you were saying, you know, there's steps, there's there's logical pieces to that. But our emotions sometimes aren't logical, and they're elusive, and that's what makes it really hard for people, and I think that's what creates the stigma. There's a lot of fear around it. But the truth is, you know, we all have emotions, and the more we can pay attention to them, the better we're going to feel. But you know, a lot of people think, oh, we can't feel bad, let's stop feeling bad, which actually makes us feel worse, because we really need to acknowledge everything we're feeling, and we have a lot of feels right now in the middle of this pandemic, right? Yes, well, we, we seem to be in completely uncharted territory. Never has anything occurred like this. That is, this is a worldwide phenomena. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, bad things have happened in the United States. You know, a 9-11, uh, you know, uh, I think it's the collapse of the housing market in 2007, 8, 9. I mean, a lot of terrible things have happened, but not the, the murder of John F. Kennedy. Uh, but, but as I remember as a young man, when that happened, I thought, wow, that was a quite everyone by surprise. That was a bad thing happening for the country. Uh, but, but this is just without... Uh, without uh, parallel. It's just quite amazing. And uh, I know that I really don't know what to do. I just try to, you know, stay in the house because you're supposed to stay in the house. And, and if staying in the house is, gets kind of tiresome, doesn't it, to stay in the house? And when I find when I go outside for a nice long walk that uh, I feel much better. And I'm thinking, well, okay, that seems kind of simple and, uh, you know, kind of easy to implement. And I'm guess, and this is happening on a worldwide scale. So it's really, a, it's a very scary time. It is a very scary time, and the, I think one of the 
the things that makes it even more scary is we don't know how long it's going to go on. I mean, they're talking about one year, I hear two, and then I heard three the other day. You know, just until we get a vaccine or some sort of, of way to manage it, our lives are going to be in this pause. And you're right, going out, taking a walk, that kind of relates to the, the uh, second P, you know, permission to play. That's sort of playful walking. Mm-hmm. Um, just to do something where you can calm the nervous system and get, getting outside. I know my walks are what get me through, and it's, it, it gives people, I think, the pause, you know, this extra space to look at this emotional part of themselves that we really haven't looked at before. And again, because it's scary sometimes to look at it because we're not sure what we're going to find. Um, and yet it's really, it, it, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity to really find these parts of ourselves that really will bring us more to life if we're willing to have the courage to look. Um, but you're right. I mean, we just don't know. And so we have to, it's one day at a time, really, right? It's one day at a time. It's, it seems to be. Our guest is Dr. Patty Ashley. Dr. Ashley is a PhD. And we're talking about, uh, you know, the mental health pandemic uh, because of the COVID-19 worldwide uh, remarkable phenomena. Uh, Dr. Ashley, one thing that I notice now as far as science is the conversation about children being depressed, Legitimately depressed. Whereas I remember when I was a very young man, uh, you know, back in the 60s, and I read various books and articles, and there was, I think the mainstream science said that, no, 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 children don't have depression. They don't have depression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I read that, I thought, oh, okay, whatever. That's what the mainstream guys were saying. But it turns out that the thinking has changed on that, hasn't it? Oh, my gosh. And you're talking about the 60s. So, yeah. again, let's, let's look at the math here. We're only talking 60 years. And, um, is that right? 60 years? That's not right. Well, anyway, it's, it's not very long, basically. When, if somebody thought that kids don't get depressed, that's, that's really ancient, you know, Neanderthal thinking, right? And it wasn't that long ago, if we think about it, and really put it in perspective, which is what I was saying, you know, let's come, let's, let's, fast forward into where we are today and we know about emotions. So yes, kids get depressed and yes, kids are depressed. They're, they're grieving the loss of their friends. They're grieving, they're, they don't, you know, it's really hard. And some kids are actually happier because the ones who've been bullied at school now don't have the social anxiety. But, you know, every kid is dealing with it in a different way. But yeah, like my granddaughter, who's seven, said to her mom, she did the other day, she's like, I just really want to see my friends, you know? <laughs> and, and whether it's depressed or sad, I think the thing about sadness is sadness is not a mental illness. Sadness is a part of being human. And when we feel sad, it just shows us that we feel and we care. And I think that's the, the mistake that we've made through the years is thinking that we weren't supposed to be sad. Right. Right. So of Our, course, we are sad sometimes because oh that's yes. part of being human. That's legitimate. Our guest is Dr. Patty Ashley, PhD. Dr. Ashley, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health contact you to find out more about your work? My website is uh, pattyashley.com, P-A-T-T-I-A-S-H-L-E-Y, and I've got some courses that I'm doing right now, a free one on um, going in, not out during the COVID crisis, which is a great opportunity to look at some of these things that we've been talking about and also you know, all the other things I'm doing, my books and scheduling with me is on my website, pattyashley.com. And Dr. Ashley, what are the some of your books? That, what's your current title? I have Living in the Shadow of the Two Good Mother Archetype, which is about women not feeling good enough as moms. I have Letters to Freedom from Fear to Love to Grace, which is a memoir of grief. And then 
the other one's coming out hopefully soon on shame-informed therapy. And once again, Dr. Ashley, give us your contact information. PattyAshley.com, P-A-T-T-I-A-S-H-L-E-Y. Patty Ashley, thank you very much. Our guest has been Dr. Patty Ashley, uh, PhD, talking about the mental health crisis now that we're in this COVID-19 pandemic, something that the world has never seen before. Some very good advice today from Dr. Patty Ashley. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health, and we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back after these important messages. Everyone's talking about no matcha. I mean everyone, not just people who already drink matcha. Tennis players, construction workers, executives, and teachers are making no matcha a part of their day. No matcha has an incredibly rich flavor. It's low in calorie, gives you an energy boost without the crash, and contains oh-so-important antioxidants. It's everything your personal trainer wants in your diet. Whether you're an all-star athlete or a weekend warrior, 100% traditionally made Japanese green tea, no matcha. The latest from the greatest, the, the best, best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me criminally insane? Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves i'm the reverend al green and you're listening to the insane daryl wayne and i said wayne insane you can find it on amazon or blackstone audio search for the latest from the greatest from daryl wayne d-a-r-r-e-l-l-w-a-y-n-e hello this is weird al yankovic and you're listening to the insane daryl wayne aren't you Domacha, matcha green tea, what's that? Domacha matcha green tea is powdered green tea from Japan. Tastes great, rich in antioxidants, did I mention it tastes great? Good with breakfast or lunch, domacha, matcha green tea, drink it hot, cold, in smoothies and shakes, tastes great. Domacha matcha green tea, try some today, you'll be glad that you did. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. If you have any questions about the guests or topics discussed tonight, please give us a call at 818-707-KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM.